listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. All right. Hey, welcome everybody to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. My name is Alfred Crane. I'm here with my two friends and colleagues and fanatics of movies, Jonathan and Joe. How y'all doing today? Running scared, man. Running scared. <laughs> right on. I, I'm, I'm running, way. running really fast. <laughs> running too fast. Running, running too fast. <laughs> Run the jewels of the song, like run the jewels fast, run the jewels fast. You know, <laughs> the lead singer for Zach Delaroche from the Raging Is the Machine in that one. But, anyways, we're talking with doing, about doing well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends uh, and I, this is one of our favorite movies of all time. It's in our top 10, definitely. We discovered it on Saturday night when him and a bunch of my friends were sleeping over. And um, we just got Running Scares in 1986, Buddy Cow Flick, starring Gregory Hines, um, Billy Crystal. Jimmy Smith is getting his start. Joe, Joey Pants, Joe Pantaloniano. Joey um, Pants. Gotta, who who started that? Who like started the Joey Pants thing? You the know? Sopranos or something. Really? Well, it's, so. it's so funny because we just did the Goonies, which had Joey uh-huh. Pants in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that funny? I didn't even notice that until today. I started thinking about it. I go, wait, we did the Goonies like right yeah. before this and this. I'm sorry, you're gonna break the you're gonna break the mold, aren't you, uh, uh, Joe? With your next one, it's not gonna be a Joey Pants movie. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, Joey Pants doesn't. Yeah, he's not physically in it. I don't think he does a voice, so, <laughs> so I don't think he has anything to do with it. Okay, pick, with yeah. your next pick. Okay, all right. I see how it is. You know, we can't yeah. can't all have Joey Pants in every movie. But but it's funny his name comes up too because it was like uh, we, I was just um, uh, on. Facebook earlier, and, and um, uh, one of his other movies was was brought up. Um, uh, John Ward brought up um, uh, Bound. Oh, he was in uh, Bound, the Wachowski yeah, brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, he has like one of the best lines. Like I, one of the, one of my favorite lines of like the last 20, 30 years of the movie. It's like it's fucking dark in here <laughs> when he walks in on the. It's 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 classic. Um, it, it's it's a it's a really good movie too. I'm. Uh, He's in the Matrix also. He played one of the guy who betrayed everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so Wachowski's seemed to love uh, Joey Pants too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was he was he was in this when he popped up in this. It was like, oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah. yeah I like um, John Grease who played um, Laszlo and we're um, the we real genius. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thing. <laughs> a bunch of cast people. Oh well, hey, and the and the, and the chief, the captain was he played Gomez Adams, and no, he played. Not Gomez Adams. He played the the one of the straight people in the Adams Family movies who was trying him and his wife were um, trying to do something to the Adams family, and then and he was also the bad guy in Commando. He popped up in a lot, so I can't think of his heck. Um, oh, you Dan Hedaya. Oh, Dan Hedaya. Yeah, Dan Hedaya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dan well, Hedaya. I, I always remember him from Clueless. You know, as the father, yeah. and the best line in that is, uh, "Get out of my chair." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember it from um, was it Alien Resurrection? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, so. yeah, he's he's one of those actors kind of pops up in in mm-hmm. a lot of movies. You know, I I like him. He's uh, I actually had to look him up to make sure he was still around. You know, or whatever. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't seen him in anything. Yeah, I haven't seen him in the last few years in anything. At least not off the top of my head. It's not nothing's ringing a bell. But um, yeah, in the mid late nineties when um uh he was really oh, well this came out in the late eighties. But um 
uh, yeah, you were thinking of like Clueless and stuff like that. I was, I was thinking Night at the Roxbury. Uh, yeah. Played the, the, the Watabi brothers, the dad, um, Mulholland Drive. I mean, yeah, great stuff. Oh, but fantastic. After, yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him in, in years. I mean, according to IMD, he's still doing stuff but um, last few years, but it, uh, none of those are really ringing a bell for any of He was in TV show Gotham, so I mean, but I don't, I, I stopped watching that. <laughs> I think everybody stopped watching that's why it's no longer around. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Alfred, so you picked this movie as yeah. your your choice because you said this is your favorite film. One of my favorites. This is my top ten of movies that I can. It's one of my top ten movies I can watch anytime it's on or put it in and I'm gonna enjoy it because it's like it's a timeless movie. It just you know it takes place. You watch it, really doesn't. It does date itself if you look at the cars and the fashions and some stuff. But it's just a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the the banter between Gregory Hines and B- Billy Crystal is just fantastic. It's just when they bring other people into the mix, like. Joe Pantoliano's in there, and um, and they just um, they, it's just they're the perfect fit, you know. And uh, they have them. They go to Aunt Rose's. The movie opens up, and um, they're on well, a a basketball court, and um, they see Jimmy Smith roll up with with um, Snake, Snake, who's Joey Pantoliano. I, I love their I love their reasoning for why his yeah. name is Snake. Like his dick is you know big or something yeah. like a snake. You know, <laughs> like, the Mercedes in the neighborhood is probably cause or something. <laughs> um, yeah. what, was, what was that? No, go ahead. Oh, I, I wasn't going to say anything. So, but no, it was just like, and then he goes out there and finally he has a bunch of money from the mob. So that's what starts the movie off. It's like, okay, what's going on here? And you know, it's like it's just it's a really good intrigue. It's like, I guess you don't figure things out and just. It's a great, it's a good action adventure, well paced. At first, I thought they knew those guys at the basketball court or something. And that's why they were, mm-hmm. but no, they didn't seem to know them at all. And they were just taking over the court, just stealing the ball and fucking with these guys. And yeah, and um, the soda the paper bag and the bum picked it up, they spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were messing with them, but then the one guy just like decks, yeah. <laughs> And then, they, then they, yeah, then they chase um, Snake up into the uh, his apartment and all. But I thought that was really an interesting way to tie them together. I mean, the the ban- not just the banter between them, but um, that that they, he yelled out to to those those people out of the basketball court like fifty thousand dollars here, and he's like, "Well, I need a probable cause to arrest you." So so um, uh, Joey Pants sit there and decks tries to deck Crystal, but he gets hit yeah. instead. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's probable cause. Yeah. But what? so you said you watched this like at like um you it was like a Saturday night type movies with like sleep uh, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. That's how you yeah. were introduced to it. Yeah, we um, we used to play role playing games, board games all night. We watched movies all night. You know, it was about, about five or ten of us would get together. Sometimes it was two or three, but it was just a regular thing we did, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And um, that movie was on probably later on. But yeah, when it came out, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. I had never heard of it. And uh, I don't know if we might have rented it at the time because I don't remember if we saw it on a rental or, or on HBO or something, but it was just a fun movie. And, and my friend Jason and I, we watch it at least once a year and we quote it all the time. Hmm. So many quotes in the movie that are just like so funny. It's like um, when he's in the bathroom, he's like, I'm on a stakeout. 
And he's like, and we, you don't look Italian. He's like, let me pick up a rag, whip up a pot of ragu, lose a war. <laughs> he did a great uh Italian accent there, you know, Thanks. Gregory. Um, I don't think I was I'd ever seen a Gregory Hines movie. I'm like, that sounds crazy, but like I don't remember any specifically, you know. Deal of the Century with Chevy Chase and Sigourney Weaver. That's a fun movie too. Oh, Deal of the Century, yeah. Yeah. That was good. He was in um I, the first thing I really remember him in was like um uh, it was a cyborg type of Eva Destruction. Oh yeah. In early, wow. In the early nineties. That and the White Knights and stuff like that, I guess was before it. But um I guess that's really really became popular. But I mean he, he was uh, unfortunately, he didn't, he he died rather young, but um, uh, he he had a, a, a few good ones, and this was this fit right in there. And um, they said they never did a sequel to this because it just never had the right script to it for a sequel. But um, uh, well, considering uh, it, well, yeah, I, I was reading. They said they said that it, it came up a few different times, but they said with scripts that nothing ever really gave them the banter between the two of them that they really they could really do something with. And I know Crystal went on to a little bit of different league of of, of, of um, stardom superstardom if you will yeah both uh, of them were like but... nobodies at the time pretty much i mean gregory had i just looked up he was in history of the world part one so i had seen that of him mm-hmm. and there i do remember him in that but um i don't remember like i, I like i've never seen uh deal of the century that you guys said i've seen muppets take manhattan years ago don't really remember it because mm-hmm. he was in that running scared just saw um and everything else yeah just not my oh renaissance man but i i turned yeah. that movie off when i was a kid <laughs> not even funny enough for me like to like you know um yeah um cotton club was a pretty big movie back in the day too and Wolf yeah wasn't that uh was that francis for coppola or something or somebody I... big like that yeah yeah coppola yeah yeah um but um yeah so i um, the one thing that always interests me with this movie was that um, Billy Crystal's a huge baseball fan, um, but he is not a Cubs fan. Um, so he yeah, had to actually pretend to be a Cubs fan. Yeah, well, he, he and he wore Blackhawks jerseys. He just wore Chicago stuff. So, but um, he's like a diehard Yankee fan, and um, he actually directed um, '61 about the home runs and stuff like that from Yankees history and stuff like that. But he's like a he actually signed like a one day contract with the Yankees. And he was able to pitch hit in one preseason game uh, nice. in the Yankee uniform and stuff like that because he's, I mean, he's royalty basically in Hollywood um, uh, for everything he's done. I mean, he's not just is. hosting the Oscars, but yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. For I mean, I don't think he does movies as much anymore, but I haven't, I don't really remember much in the last few years. But um, but um, yeah, this was this was right. This was before he took like really off. It's like a couple years later was like what. Um, be like what princess bride and, um princess um, bride throw mom off when, from the train yeah yeah when harry met sally and all that stuff so, yeah um uh but so, mr saturday um, night himself yeah uh, yep there you go there you go um so when so when was the first time you saw it um jonathan oh last night was the oh, first really? time I, yeah i'd never seen it. i was telling oh. uh alfred before that i uh like this was my first time watching it and just I, I I was telling him I was only gonna watch like forty five minutes because it was really late at night, you know, mm-hmm. and I was I didn't want to go to bed too late, you know. But I was like, 
I got I got sucked in, man. I mean, forty five minutes in, I think is about when the uh, when the L train scene hits, and you can't turn it off after that. Like you know, yeah. like all that's it. It it's a movie that is very fast paced and funny and um, uh, very uh, lethal weapon before a lethal weapon. So I don't know if this was sort of an inspiration a little bit to to that. You know, because um, Lethal Weapon came out a year later. You know, um, yeah. So. The um, uh, the buddy cop films really started to take off, and this is this is considered a sleeper one of, of uh, in that list of like the best um, buddy cop films. I mean, I, everybody always talks about Lethal Weapon and you know, um, Forty Eight Hours. So, I mean, I guess they, they weren't really cops in that because <laughs> Eddie Murphy really wasn't a cop in that. But um, uh, um, but yeah, the buddy cop films and stuff like that that really became popular in the eighties, and this was. This, this fit right in there. And I think that I don't know if it in the making of might actually go into this a little bit, but um, if the, if the script really had this dialogue banter between them or some of it was just off the cuff because they, they had just expressions and they played so well off of each other that it seemed like, it seemed like, yeah, it could have been written, but it seemed like there was just some genuine banter between the two of them that just sort of happened. It was perfect. Like when they lose their pants, it's like, you did that on purpose, you know. Okay, Mr. Backup. That that stuff was that stuff was great. Yeah. Yeah. So so um the first time I, I I remember seeing it back when I worked at the video store in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, but it's like I couldn't remember all the details. So when I saw it like a couple weeks ago. It, some of it really re- I remembered, but then a lot, some of it was like new. So I was like, I was like, oh man, Stephen Bowers in this great. And I was like, and then some of the different things that happened. Cause I mean, Stephen Bowers, like um, in one of my favorite movies, I mean, Scarface. Was he one, one of the one cops? Of yeah. He's, he's one with the long, longer hair, the dark hair. That, that, um, yeah. There was him and John Grease, right. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 And um, Stephen Bauer, I mean, Manny from um, Scarface. So. Um, he'll always yeah. be known for that, but, but, um, uh, what, yeah, but when I was watching it, I was just like, I was like, I was like, why didn't I watch this more over time, if you will, because it's like, it's just, there's just, there's a lesson for people who really want to, um, for acting. It's just playing well off of each other. And the two of them. They have chemistry. Them. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And I mean, chemistry can be very dramatic at times, but this seemed like it was kind of tongue in cheek fun at times but then they got serious obviously at times but just sometimes the expressions it's like i can't remember towards the beginning he said they crystal says something and when they were oh it's when they um the two guys was trying to um hold them up in the alley and then they they got turned around by the truck and um they were coming back and and crystal said something and then um looked over at heinz and heinz just gave this smile like little smirk mm-hmm. smile and it was just like it was just so interactive between the two of them and even when they argued it was like fun argument that just played just and it fit the 80s obviously but um yeah i just think that that for people who want to play buddy type of things this could be a lesson for that for enjoyment exactly um and yeah. i know like alfred you're you know you this is the, this is one one of your favorites. So when you look back at it, I mean, does it change at all for you, or does does it just bring you back to your your old days? Well, it brings me back. I can look at movie and just this is just like a movie. The same as um, 
Okay. Yeah, I liked it. What was the question? I couldn't miss that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I said, like, you know, when, when you kind of think about the uh like when you watch it again does it bring you back to your old days or do yeah. you does it feel something new each time a little both leaves me wanting more but knowing that this is a probably perfect movie as it said it didn't need any sequels or anything but and we see deep down like to see more stuff you know but it brings me back and it's just a good nostalgia trip uh, you know people said like the ending is great but i i would have loved to have to have had them be you know bartenders in Key West like even yeah. that kind of movie you know just them as bartenders in Key West would just have been a, a great movie and that actually is a sign of a great movie when you can take the characters that and there's so much fun and you can bring them into other scenarios and you want to watch them right. you know and that's how I view yeah. them oh yeah I mean really imagine funny. them too just like making drinks sitting at a bar in, in, in Key West and stuff like that just the the back and forth is, um oh yeah that would and they want to be robbed <laughs> they're the only like bar people that ever that want to be robbed I thought that was that was fantastic I love that that's transition back and forth between the city through a door you know, the city then you're in the you're in Key West and you're watching the sunset and then they go back to Chicago like you think they're going out the door and Key West and out in Chicago again. Yeah, yeah the brutal cold and yeah. dark, dark, dreary, dreary <laughs> Chicago versus. And, and this was probably I I can't I'm trying to think I can't think of one off the top of my head like a movie that just sort of in the middle of like an action comedy type of movie that they just completely withdrew them and threw them into the Key West scenario. So it was just like. They just went on vacation, basically, and they actually showed the vacation. And the vacation really wasn't pushing the story uh, necessarily. It was just, I mean, it, it showed what they wanted to do with their, really wanted to do with their lives. But it was, it was more just fun. Well, yeah, you know, and I kind of viewed it as like when they they decided, oh, we want to retire and retired thirty six apparently, and become you know bar you know uh, own a bar and everything. Um, it, it sort of showed the fact that like it was a vacation, right? It was their first mm -hmm. time getting away from being cops, you know, because that's all they did every day. And they were damn good. But they every day they just were cops. Now, all of a sudden, they had a break. And so they're like, oh, this would be the greatest thing to do for the rest of my life. I would just love to just own this bar and, and live out here and have this life, you know. But really, when they get back to to civilization even though uh billy crystal the whole time is trying to say hey 30 30 days we're leaving 30 days we're leaving you know by the end of it you or before the end of it you knew they weren't gonna they were gonna stay as cops because that's right. what they were best at you know yeah. would you agree and, and, alfred oh, sorry. i agree okay yeah i, I would think what was that you said you guys want to buy a bar at the end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't, uh, I, I don't think I'd even like to be there, you know, anymore. Mm. But, and, and plus, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like them. I don't want to be robbed, and I have right. a feeling like a bar like that would be robbed, you know. So, well, right in that scene too. Another thing that that they did was when Jimmy Smith's character got spoiler gets gets shot up and killed twice <laughs> um 
um, the way that he sort of did his little dip, like when he was acting like he was getting shot, it reminded me of Scarface when um, Pacino got shot at the end because he seemed like he was dancing around, his arms flailing every which direction. Then he just sort of fell down the the, the um, uh, escalator thing. But I think one thing that I, I another thing that I really like about this movie is a lot of movies have trouble with tone and shifts and between comedy and drama and this and that. And in this movie, it goes extreme. It's extreme R um, action at time. Then, because I mean, it's kind of bloody foul stuff like that. Then it goes into just comedy, and it's it, it really fun. And then it goes. Then they shift like like when um uh, they're sitting there making those wisecracks, and they say, "Well, the guy who jumped, he was a police officer," and it was just like it just goes. And and that's that's showing what Crystal's really capable of doing because he turned turned on a dime in that 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 scene and that was really good and um and I think in that in movies in general it's really hard to do that if you're trying to do a variety of action comedy drama all together in a, in a film and and um uh, and in the pace of the eighties I mean it's just to me hits it hit nicely but but yeah I, I think I saw this in the early eighties or late eighties and then I didn't see it again. And then I watched it recently and I'm just like, oh, this is a movie I could probably add to my collection. Yeah. Is that available on like Blu-ray or anything? Because every time I look up Running Scared, I get that fucking Paul Walker movie. That's all I get. And I don't even know if that's that doesn't even seem like this is the same story. Well, no, it's totally different. But, but to yeah. be honest, that that run that one's not a bad film, to be honest. But I mean, it's, right. it's, it's I mean, it's just different. I mean, it's it's a serious film. But um, uh, this. Yeah. So yeah, whenever I looked it up, I was just like, okay, no, I don't want the Paul Walker film. I want the, I want this one and all. But um, did, did uh, you watch it on Tubi? It. Yeah, I watched it on Tubi. How did you watch it, Alfred? Do you own it? I own it on DVD. Um, watched it again on Tubi. I watched it on streaming, and <laughs> so I've got it on. I had a VHS too at one time. Uh, you love uh, basically supporting it any way you can, right? Yeah. You know, that's, well, a, that's... a couple a couple weeks ago, I went to Goodwill and um, they, they movies there for a buck or so. And I went in there and and they had the case for it. And I was like, oh, I might be able to own it now. And then I opened it; it was empty. I was like, no. oh, damn. See, why don't they watch that stuff? I mean, the only thing I can think of is sometimes they get the movies actually get stolen. You know, yeah. Um, the one of the Goodwill people had told me that once that like or restore. I I think people had told me that like people actually take the DVDs out of the DVD case and, you know, and stuff and put in their that, pockets, I guess. That's, that's like the lowest of the low. It's like, I mean, Goodwill's for charity to a degree. I mean, even like, restore yeah, that goes to Habitats yeah, I mean, I mean, of Humanity. Yeah. Like I mean, people, people want to steal that stuff. It's, like, it's a dollar. Like, yeah, I know. Right. It's like, what, what do you go home and like kick your dog too? I mean, what type of person are you that you that sort of thing? I hope not just because I don't <laughs> yeah. want dogs to be abused, but. Well, of, yeah. co- of course, of course. I, I don't want that, but sadly, that happens. So it's it's terrible. Yeah. So, um, so I, 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 when when I know when we bring up these movies and stuff like that, I always look to see what what came out at this time that it was up against in the theaters, and it was interesting, interesting top ten at the box office the week that it came out. Um, so uh, it came out in um, uh, late June of '86. It, it debuted at number five at the box office, like over five million. Which then that's a lot, but um, mm-hmm. uh, the top five then was that one. Top Gun was right out, and Ferris Bueller was right after it too. So those were in later, a little bit later run. But then Ruthless People came out, which is a pretty good comedy. 
um, Legal Eagles, which was okay. Um, uh, legal uh, comedy with um, Robert Redford. Back to School was number two. Oh, oh. Uh, Rod, what was number, number one? Number one, Karate Kid two. Oh wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, but below it, there was actually some other good ones too. Um, just off, uh, Cobra was there with um, uh, Stallone. <laughs> uh, sh- the original short, short Circuit, Labyrinth. So just imagine oh, that, that nice. time period in the theaters. I mean, those, just those those movies that was all in the theater. It's just like wow. I mean, and they're all different, movies, you know, yeah. stuff. Which I feel like, and this is Hollywood Boulevard podcast, we could talk about it. I feel like Hollywood now has gotten just Marvel, DC, comic booky, uh, right. blockbuster sh- stuff. Occasionally, there'll be stuff like the Fablemans or or whatever that kind of goes, that they're just there for the Oscar nominations, it feels like. The studios really just don't care. But you look at movies from the 80s they really they they tried to make everything so different and cool and stuff and they didn't try to make everything the same thing there might be one or two that are similar to each other but like not everything was was you know marvel this or dc that you know and and i'm sort of i feel like we're all getting sick and tired of and want to go back to the 80s and the 90s and the 70s when you know movies were fun you know yeah yeah, it was. Um, we, I, I don't know if it was you that I was talking to recently, or, or or somebody else, but it was like it was like twenty one or twenty two of the top twenty five movies last year at the box office. It was like either a it was either a comic book, um, or um, a remake or a sequel. It was just wow. like, and uh, and looking at this this week in June of of nineteen eighty six, there was one or two sequels, I guess, Karate Kid two, and then um, uh, uh, Poltergeist two was number twelve. So I mean, there was very two sequels that was there, but I mean now it's it's just it's like I said sequels, um, comic books, or just uh, remakes, it, it, and that's what drives um, the big dollars now. And uh, the way I look at it is it's it's a bummer, but at the same time it keeps the theaters open to where there are a bunch of smaller films that do come out, but they just don't resonate in pop culture, if you will. Well, so. I mean, they don't need. Like this movie in itself, how much? Did, let me see if I can find the budget for this movie because I guarantee you, it wasn't like uber expensive. You know, um, it doesn't say the budget, but it's opening weekend or its gross was thirty eight million. You know, yeah, so that's yeah. not bad. You know, um, I don't know how much it cost. You know, but it couldn't cost kind of cost like forty million dollars. You know, like I'm, I, I would imagine twenty million maybe. You know. Yeah, um, if, if they if they spent forty million dollars on this movie to make it back then, then um, the the studio person who greenlit that should have been should be um, fired. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's that, ridiculous. There's there's there, there no need for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure the cost was probably the cost for a couple of the acting credits, but yeah, I don't think I don't think it was a big expensive production. Yeah, I mean it. It's a it's a fun little project. Um, I liked it. Um, what is everybody's favorite scene in the movie? Uh, Alfred, what's your, what's your favorite scene? Uh, I love the montage of the, of the mopeds in Florida. <laughs> that was fun. fun. Um, let's see. It's a serious part. So I really like the, the whole part where they go to the bus, 
Julio and then they, they lose their pants. They missed the backup call. It was, like, it was just a total disaster for them. Yeah. It was like, like Julio was like one step ahead of them like every single time in a way. And they just could not bust this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, they lost their pants. They called backup for one car and they got like a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so they're all being that, made I mean, fun of. Yeah, we had Gregory Hines and that kid are going back and forth with the, the middle finger. And he's just like, that so Oh, that was great. <laughs> That was when great he, scene. At the end, he was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked on the door just to flip the kid off. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then uh, I, I I would I would say, honestly, the, the scene that I have right up there, that's one of my favorite scenes where yeah. they're arresting Snake and those two guys are like, give me all your money. And they're like, uh, don't, don't take our wallets, okay? Or don't take our... Uh, our licenses, we need them. Oh, and look at these badges. Don't don't take these either. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't want to be shocked by that. That that, that was a twenty two or something like that versus the, the yeah. thirty. I, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with the types of guns, but it's like I don't want to be shot by that. I, you want mm. to get shot by something like this, and they show their guns. <laughs> yeah, I mean that scene, and then they they're bickering so much that the the people are able to get away. And they get in their yeah. car and drive off and still fuck up. It goes like, because it shows in the beginning. That, that's what I like about this movie. We talked about it earlier. Is that like the beginning of the movie is like showing these guys are badass cops, you know? But when they're dealing with Julio, they can't. They can't seem to win. You know, something keeps messing up. So they're told to take a vacation. They come back and they're even worse. You know, sort of thing. They can't. They can't seem to get a break. And then by the end of it, they have to do everything they can just to get this guy, you know? Yeah. And uh, I love that. I Because you don't see that in those buddy cop movies. Generally speaking, uh, you know, Mel Gibson will be like badass the whole time, you know, and everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you don't see Mel Gibson fucking up that badly, you know, and everything. Not being able to get this one antagonist. And I love that. Uh, Joe, what's your uh, favorite scene? I know we've been over it a little bit, but um, the, the whole opening sequence, I mean, just with the basketball, just the banter, it's, it sets everything up that you're going to get in the film. It's just the, the, when they, when they track him up to um, Joey pants up to his um, um, apartment and just the back and forth that, that they have there. And then they get in the car and they they go they go to a funeral. <laughs> it's yeah. Like they have him there linked right there um, uh, um, to Hines' character, and and then um was pants he goes he um he goes to the the, the police um, he's like calling all cars or something like that, <laughs> and then it just shows Billy Crystal just waylay him with one punch and it just knocks him down. <laughs> knocks him out. It's that so 80s, it's so funny. over the top. Yeah, just the way that calling all cars, calling. All cars. What? <laughs> and he just, and then you see him sort of fall uh, or fall over a little bit afterwards, and all. It's just it 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 set everything up so so nicely, and so so to me that that would have to be it. But um, even at the, I mean, the bar a couple minutes later when um uh, when they're 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 talking to the girl that ends up behind them to take it home, <laughs> it's like it's it's just like. Are you married? No. Are you? No. Well, and then it's just a back and forth. Even with the girl, it's 
um, but then then they show Hines with the girl the next day, and, and I'm in bed. And that was funny. That was great too. I mean, Crystal coming in with donuts and all. And he says he did. What did he say? He didn't bring um, croissants because he didn't want to um, mispronounce it or something. Yeah, he set the um, the the um, motorcycle sirens off. On him. I, was yeah. like, I was like, that's a dick move to, to, to your buddy. <laughs> but it's just the way that they played off each other. I know. It's like they just fucked around with each other or whatever, you know. And uh, I also really like really- the. What they really had each other's backs, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they they loved each other. You know, they love uh, they 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 were truly friends, not just like partners. You know, they mm-hmm. were they're almost like brothers. You know, yeah. Um, and I thought that was awesome. Um, I also liked Anna, uh, his uh, Billy Crystal's ex-wife yeah. and everything, and I liked her relationship. Um, with the fact that she was. You could tell she didn't want to be with that Dennis guy, you know, or whatever, you know, she wanted to be back with Billy, but Billy's such a child. He won't just admit, you know, that he wanted her back too, you know, and he, you know, when she was saying he would have hated Florida, I don't know. I don't think he would have hated Florida. I think he would have enjoyed it, but he would have hated not being with her, you know, right? and stuff. So I, I, I love that. I, um, and and the whole and that whole they went to a funeral during their fucking <laughs> like stakeout slash arrest and everything. And oh, did you guys know that the guy who subpoenas them or whatever subpoenas um Gregory Hines's character um is the guy from Die Hard who's like the businessman in the beginning of the movie and tells him like tells him to curl his toes, uh, McLean to curl his toes. No, wow. Yeah. So I was huh. like, I know that guy from somewhere. I've seen him before. So I looked him up and yeah, it's the same actor who comes up to, who's on the airplane and was telling uh, McLean, if you're, if you're really nervous uh, after the flight, hmm. go home and, and take your shoes off and curl your toe, uh, curl your yeah toes. Uh, and walk around like that or something or whatever. And, and you know, yeah, I love that scene. And so you never see that guy again. It didn't matter. But I mean, it's such a small role, but it's such a great role, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a memorable one, you know? So, sure. um, and, and, and it's cool seeing those supporting actors and, and, and that pop up in a couple of this movie. For me, there was one character that popped up, uh, uh, um, uh, he was the henchman in the one sequence. Um, Al Leon, I think Leon's yeah. the character thing. Yeah, and he he popped up. In the, I was like, wait, I was like, no, he's not in this because he popped up in a lot of those mid late eighties and nineties action films and stuff. Right. Uh, as a, as uh, I don't want to say a heavy because he wasn't exactly a big guy, but he was. He, he well, was you don't have to be um, a, actually a big guy to be a heavy. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. But um, yeah, because it's like I mean, I always remember him from like a Big Trouble in Little China and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon. I mean, but but um, uh, um, yeah, I, I love I love his name of his credit in Big Trouble in Little China. It says um, Wing Kong Hatchet Man. <laughs> <laughs> so so, anyways, yeah, seeing seeing him pop up in that one scene, and it was just like, oh, hey, there he is. Cool. Oh, and I just looked him up. He's also in Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. Whoa! Yes, Die Hard. There we go. Yeah, Die Hard it's, Connection. Oh, so I mean, it, but it says on credit and they live. I, I'd like to. Oh, Genghis Khan from um, Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's 
he's been in a lot of freaking movies. Um, some of my friends are actually friends with him on Facebook, so I might add him. You know, at some point. Wait, I met him at the Scares I Care a few years ago. Al oh, was really? that Scares I Care? Yeah. Ah, fuck! I didn't know that. Well, I, damn. Well, I didn't. I, I, I mean, that. I I probably would have known like some of the stuff he's been in. I remember I was at a horror convention once. It wasn't it wasn't all horror, but I was looking around at people's you know stuff, not paying attention to who the people are, but like they're just their stuff, and I was just looking down. And I see a bunch of stuff for Prince Humperdinck, you know, oh. for Princess Bride. And I look up, and there's Chris Sarandon staring at me. Oh, <laughs> sweet. I was just like, holy shit. It was the same day that my mom calls me to tell me that she took a, like, they, they went to New York, and they got to see the firehouse that uh, Ghostbusters was, you know, oh. had and stuff. So I was like, that's cool. You know, like, it's sort of, both of us were sort of living a, you know, a life of uh, our our favorite movies and stuff. Um, but, but but I think uh, seeing seeing the seeing those type of sites and seeing these actors are very small little roles, um, stuff like that. But they they give just added. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, the heart of the film might be with with the main characters, which in this one they did great. But seeing these little small little, I don't say cameos, but just the supporting people. I mean, they they all hit it off really well. Well, and that's another thing of like, as we said, like Billy Crystal, apparently Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines were such, you know, uh, no names at the time that they did not, the studio originally didn't want them. Um, I was looking it up and I saw that the studio had wanted like some crazy characters, um, some crazy actors originally. Um, let me see real quick. Uh, yeah, I saw like that was a Newman and stuff like that. Yeah, so Gene Hackman and that. Paul Newman. That oh, would have wow. been terrible. It wouldn't have been funny. No. It would have been serious. Um, so uh, what is it? Uh, Peter Himes wanted I, the characters to be younger. Um, yeah, I, 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 I know they went to John Travolta's agent, but he, his agent turned it down or something like that. Which Tom Selleck and John Travolta were yeah. offered. And once well, again, well. these are just uh, boring sort of names in a way. Like, no offense to, to them, but like they just... I don't think they would have, it wouldn't have been funny. It would have been sort of, it, it wouldn't have been the movie that uh, Alfred picks for right. for this because he, it would have been an unmemorable movie in a way, which goes to show you casting is 100% the yeah. m most important thing when it comes to Hollywood, like films, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think with this one here that, if, if either one of them was replaced by anybody else, it, it would, it, I don't think, I mean, yeah, it could, it could have been good on different other levels and stuff like that, but the magic of them two together. Right? Yeah. Like there's nobody nowadays that could fill those shoes. I don't think. Do you, th do you agree, Alfred? I agree. Totally. Yeah. I, I yeah. figured, well, you know, heaven knows they keep making the buddy cop film. So, I mean, I'm They'll, they'll 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 attempt to try it in, in various ways and yeah uh, well i mean the problem now and and this is i'm sorry this is gonna get semi-political but the problem now is that like nobody likes cops <laughs> you know cops are getting to too much trouble so there's not as many cop movies being made because yeah. we're not sort of in this like we used to have this love for 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 cops or 
it'd have to be more like dirty cops, you know, and stuff like that, or, or the stuff that's going on today. Uh, because even the war on drugs is getting less, less and less about things because more drugs are becoming legal, you know, pretty soon yeah. it's, there's not, you know, if all drugs are legal at some point, there, you know, there wouldn't be much drug dealers. It'd have to be something else dealers, weapons dealers or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Unfortunately, that's probably what would happen, be weapons or something else. But, um, but, it, and I think today, this is another thing that we see a lot of movies within the 80s to today. This movie probably couldn't be made in the way that it was made then now because no. uh, they, they sort of, I don't say flirt, but the uh, skirted the rules a little bit which was fine in the 80s but nowadays it's, it's just the the so, so pc culture would have problems with some of it maybe what what do you think about the pc culture and and the stuff like what the how this movie was alfred i just ignore it i like how this is done and <laughs> just don't ruin my movie with it exactly <laughs> i make it PC. Uh, and I think that's why we see a lot of movies nowadays that are very sanitized in, 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 in the way they come across. It's, it, it, and that kind of makes them like vanilla and not memorable and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see 35 years or 37 years later how movies of today are remembered versus how like, Running Scared is remembered now over then. That's true. Like, would it, this movie still holds up. I've never seen yeah. it. And for the first time viewing, you know, uh, there's a lot of movies I look back at. And I'm like, oh, God, that's cringeworthy, you know, and because some of the stuff that they do or say is pretty terrible, you know, and because at that time period that was allowed. But this movie even I don't I don't think it was that on PC. There was um, I mean, it just wasn't it, it, it just it wasn't it was almost like. PC on PC doesn't exist in this movie, um, in my opinion, because there's really other than maybe the way they handled the um, uh, like you know how they they stole the cocaine back and everything, and they yeah. had them call up and everything like that, which apparently was based on a movie uh, that Michael Caine and uh, Donald Pleasance were in, where Michael Caine had to uh, get back the the money from his uh. MI5 um, boss and stuff huh. get, or get like get the stuff back from the, his, his thing so he pretended to be Donald Pleasance on the phone you know so that he could get the get the uh, the thing so they took it from that it was called um, ah, what was it called it had a um, uh, shit it was shoot I think I'm was, kind of I'm kind of intrigued by what you're saying. Yeah, it was called the, the Black Windmill. Oh, I never heard of that. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's on uh, Kino release, so Kino Lorber uh, put it out on Blu-ray, and uh, I've been buying a lot of their shit because they have some really good movies. You know, uh -huh. like ones that either you never heard of or Paul would probably have heard of. You know, because he knows yeah. all well, those like. 70s or 80s movies. So what did you say the name of this one was again? The Black the, Windmill. The, the, the Black Windmill. <laughs> yeah, so a plot I'm, I, I'm kind I'm kind of interested with that because it's, it's, it's this yeah. um a plot device is borrowed from the Black Windmill. In one film, Michael Caine's son is kidnapped 
and to get the ransom uncut diamonds, he impersonates his boss, Donald Pleasance, on the phone and gives himself permission to take the diamonds from work, uh, MI5. And other than the other, Billy Crystal's ex-wife is kidnapped, and he impersonates his boss, Danadea, on the telephone to give himself permission to take the ransom cocaine held as evidence from work, the Chicago Police Department. That's yeah. freaking like that's smart because a we've never seen that movie so we can't say it. you know we think that's original, but then you find that out and you're like that's cool I need to watch that movie you know yeah yeah I'm interested in seeing that because it's like I just brought it up to look at it because I know sometimes Michael Caine in movies can go down a avenue of not being very good but then some of them could be some of them can be great and um and I'm just looking this up that um it's directed by Don Siegel which who did some of the Dirty Harry stuff. Oh yeah, and Don Siegel's movies. A lot of them are on Kino Lorber because they're a lot of the ones that like nobody really have heard of. You know, um, like yeah, he also did play Misty for me, which is a great film. Yeah, so all the Clint Eastwood ones he did, like play Misty for me and uh, Coogan's Bluff and um, uh, Madigan and um, a few other movies uh, are actually. Uh, on uh, Kino Lorber uh, Blu-ray. And I really recommend because they do sales every now and then where it's like seven bucks for a Blu-ray or whatever, you know, compared to like the 20 bucks or 30 bucks it would normally cost. Definitely take take yeah, so advantage of that. that. That's one I'm going to keep an eye out for, Black Windmill. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it on yeah. eBay at some point. Just because yeah, I, so, I, you know. Yeah, so they, I guess they, they, they use plot, uh, a few of the points in, in, in this. But, um, I mean, nowadays, it's like there's so much overlap between films. It's uh, But um, as long as it comes from a fresh approach and, you know, um, with Running Scared, it was, I mean, I don't I don't know this other approach, but it just, it seemed like it flowed just in, in the, in the it's, it seemed to be a, a natural source of events in this movie. Just it didn't seem like it was lifted or forced or anything like that. It seemed like it was a nice flow to it. And this Black Windmill movie is like very. It looks like it's a it says crime thriller, so mm-hmm. kind of intrigued, intrigued me. But um, but yeah, I want to see it too. And I want. I'm gonna like I said. I'm gonna. I'll own it probably this year because, as I've said, I'm I'm buying a whole bunch of uh, uh, boutique Blu-rays, but especially like I just bought like. Man on the Moon, and um, that was on Kino Lorber, and um, a couple other ones. I've got a couple. I've got three that are just shipping out to me today, uh, so they'll be here soon. Uh, but they're like um, a couple uh, Orson Welles movies, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, well cool. worth it yeah. to own. Yeah. Well, um, uh, well, Running Scared. It, it says um, that it is available on Blu-ray, so. Um, this is something that could be could be on on Blu-ray. I, I would hope that it would have a few extras in it of, of some kind, yeah. just, uh, because just it, it would it, it would interest me. Um, it's interesting. It says um, uh, DVD, multi-format, Blu-ray, and then it says v- VHS tape as well. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, but but yeah, so I um, I have to look to see further what type of extras and all, all that was on it, but. Um, uh, hopefully, it would it'd be at least a a good transfer of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks like it came out about ten years ago, so it's probably um, it, it might be kind of standard, but um, but it 
definitely one that could be owned. And if I don't get an empty case, I would have owned it. Nice. I I I want it. Like I I want to own it on Blu-ray and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like thank you, like Alfred, for picking this because You're once welcome. again, I feel like it's a film that doesn't get talked about. Like I've never, other than you mentioning it, I and I remember the title and I remember seeing it at my video store, you know, right. and everything, but I didn't know anything about it and stuff, and I just never checked it out as a kid. Um, I probably, honestly, I'm not going to lie, probably wouldn't have liked this movie as a kid. Um, yeah. It is not a movie that I would have like, it, it wouldn't have fit in my typical thing, but I love it now. Like it is absolutely something that I think as an adult, I appreciate a lot more period. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe that's why some people don't remember because maybe as younger, they don't, you know, they didn't feel the same. But uh, what were you saying, Alfred? I say my friend Jason's gonna like that. I'd like to hear that. What? That you love the movie. Yeah, well, I love it now, and I, like, like I said, I I never watched it then, and I can't say if I would have loved it or not. But I just I don't for some reason I don't think as a kid I would have got a lot of the a lot of the jokes or a lot of the you know things you know and stuff, and probably wouldn't have been laughing as much. Uh, but as an adult, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like it is, yeah. it is funny. It is, uh, it's dramatic. It's action packed. Uh, the nun in the the yeah that scene <laughs> where they 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 go in the taxi cab because that's mm -hmm. now it's not an unmarked car. Now it's a taxi cab. <laughs> yeah. And can you can, are you allowed to do that, or would you get in trouble for impersonating a taxi cab? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. And I don't know why you'd want to drive there because people would be like waving at you, going, Hey, stop. Yeah. yeah. And all the time. And you'd be like, Nope, I'm not picking people up. I'm just driving. <laughs> it's funny at the end of that scene when they find the cocaine. They, so, what is it? He said, Shit. I mean, the shit is shit. The shit is shit. It's shit, shit. Good shit, bad shit. It's shit, shit. Is <laughs> that whole <laughs> band that back and forth? I love that. That was hilarious. And um, uh, this is a little bit of a different type of film for Peter Hyams, too, because uh, uh, I guess he came off of, what, 2010 was mm -hmm. the film he did right before this. So he wanted to do something a little bit more grounded from what I was reading. Um, uh, in, in, I guess <laughs> not 2010, but um, uh, he, he did uh, very cross between that um, 2010, obviously. I mean, some of his other stuff, stay tuned. I, I love that film. Oh, yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, Time Cop's um, one of Time Cop and Sudden Death uh, with Van Dam. Um, Time Cop, yeah. I love uh, the Relic. I mean, these are he, he's the Presidio. Uh, with, uh, that was when he did after Running Scared. That was a, a good drama. Narrow Margin mm -hmm. with Gene Hackman. I guess he got to work with Gene Hackman a few years later. Uh, so um, yeah, so yeah. when I, when I saw that he directed, I was like, I was like, oh, cool, because I, yeah. I I just know that I, I've always enjoyed his films over the years. Yeah, yeah, he did like what well, he did. Stay tuned, which uh, was part of Hollywood yeah. Knockbusters. I've reviewed that, and that used to be one of my favorite like films growing up because, and it's one of those films I feel like doesn't get talked about. Like, not many people even know exists, you know, like and or, stuff. Um, what? Like different strokes for the TV show and stuff. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, different strokes, and it's like people having strokes or whatever, you know, and things like that. Oh. Fucked up but, shit. But, but when John, when um, uh, when he, when he, um, John Ritter walked into the Three's Company set, that was <laughs> insane. That's like one of the funniest scenes. Um, and and to me, I, I think I was one of like maybe ten people who saw it in the theaters because unfortunately it didn't do anything. I saw it in the theaters too. Oh, oh, you so did? two okay, people so you, out of the ten. Yeah. I didn't watch it in the theater, sadly, because I think it was young. So that mom and dad saved the universe in the theater, too. Oh, yeah, about the same time. Yeah, that and um, uh, Stay Tuned, UHF. Those were all within a couple years of each other. Howard the Duck. Yep, yeah. Howard um, the Duck. Stay stay Tuned's a a very good film. and I mean, Peter Hyams just does good work. He he did a lot of good stuff over the years. and uh, Memorable films, um, not just... Uh, one you just sort of watch them. Okay, that was great. Move on. But I mean, there's some there's some good stuff in here. I guess. Um, yeah, no, totally. I love. Uh, yeah, I think Peter Himes is he still around? Is he still making stuff, or is he? Um, the last thing uh, was in 2013 for directing. He's still alive. He's 80 or 79 now. Oh. Um, I think did um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the last movie he did was uh, another Van Damme film, um, and I think it was. Uh, did he have a family member, like a son or something like that, who who did the cinematography? I can't remember. Um, Maybe I'm, so. Is this? I'm, I'm, yeah, I might be well, way off on that. But, no, um, Peter uh, Himes did the cinematography for it, but it's called Enemies Closer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting that yeah. he did well because he did Time Cop and sudden death so apparently he liked working with uh he also did end of days which i don't when i remember watching it i remember not liking it for some reason but yeah. i've heard so many okay. people say they love it and i might need to be try it out i guess yeah um, what i was thinking of um, john hyams his son edited enemies closer i, I was like oh. i knew i knew he had a family member that was somewhat um uh, involved in, in one of his later films, and um, uh, and I think I think John Hyams actually directs now, but I think it's like mostly TV stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there might be some. Uh, actually, he directed the um, uh, movie came out last year on Peacock. Sick, his son did. Oh, nice! I actually yeah, really yeah. like that movie. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen that? Peter Hyams. Um, no. It was really yeah. good. I was surprised. Kevin Williamson wrote it or co-wrote it, and it's basically Scream during COVID. Wait a second. Maybe I did see it. It's just yeah. It's the movie about like the, the like the two friends who go to stay at a um like a beach know, house or something. Be- or yeah, when it's a beach house is like a I guess it was like a lake cabin. house or something. Cab or lake house. Yeah, lake house. I think. And they're staying at the lake house, and they end up getting uh, attacked by. Um, like uh, some somebody is coming in. It's like becomes like a uh, you know, was it a um, home invasion movie? But there's more gotcha. to it, and I don't want to say anything because it kind of. But and, and the, like the big thing is it takes place during COVID, so it's like uh, they're talking about all the COVID stuff, and and so it's almost like because it came out in 2022, so it's like you watch it and you're like ah. Don't want to go back to that time period. Yeah, yeah right. You know? like, now, I wouldn't talk, mind talk like years with, later, but not now. Yeah, we, we 
we um we joked a little bit earlier that sometimes you get cringeworthy to the eighties and stuff doesn't age well, and it's like some of the COVID related movies. It's like you don't want to see anything like that because you want it to age away and go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you yeah. don't want to think about COVID, <laughs> Jesus. It's like it's like a reverse eighties thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But, um so was there anything else like was there anything else that we we talked about here that we needed to discuss like was there anything uh that you guys felt uh we didn't talk about yet on the soundtrack movie? the soundtrack fantastic soundtrack yeah yeah I had that michael McDonald. that michael mcdonald song yeah that michael mcdonald song i always remembered um being a, a big hit in the 80s yeah huge the only thing I think of when I think of Michael McDonald is the uh, 40-year-old virgin where they're playing yeah. the, the one song over and over again. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't, you know, he's like, I, I don't like, I don't want to hear this Michael McDonald song anymore. And they're like, what, uh, you know, what do you suggest we play? And it was like, play, play, I'd rather listen to Fran Drescher. I'd rather watch Fugition and the Beast. On, on replay, you know, because if I have to hear uh, Abbo be there one more time, yeah, we'll be, there. <laughs> be there, I'm gonna Ambo blow this place to the ground, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. So it was yeah, funny. That, well, that, that song on um, uh, Running Scare was a Sweet Freedom. That yeah. Was a, yeah, I, I really I remember that song a lot because it was played a lot in that time period in the 80s. And to me, it, it was 86. So um, to me, it's like um, 80, 85 to um, like 84 to 86, 85 to 87. That area is like the best three years of music in my life uh, that I that I always go to. And that's like smack dab in the middle of it. Watch the video for it. Does it involve uh, uh, running scared? It does. Nice. There's him playing in a bar and and the keys and Gary Hines and Billy Crystal in it on the roller, roller skates. And it's really cute. Oh, I'd I think I've seen it. I'll have to check it out again. Yeah, I'm, yeah, dial it up on YouTube. But yeah, that song actually was a top ten. In the, it peaked at number seven, so it was it was pretty it was pretty big. Yeah. Um. So as I was, you know, um, I was gonna say. So I mean, and this movie was fantastic. So thank you, Alfred, because um, once again, I had never seen it, so I had no idea. I mean. I had a feeling it, it would be good because you wouldn't pick something that you love that, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think would be terrible. You usually have the same same taste or just about. Um and uh and so I'm really excited about that. Uh we've got one more episode we're gonna do and uh that's gonna come out next month. Um and then uh we'll take a couple month break for summer because you know summer summer we want to we want to do okay. some stuff during there and then come back in the fall for uh for some new uh to finish off their 80s uh our uh, 80s marathon or whatever Year in review. I don't know. yeah <laughs> i i love that we're doing the 80s it's fun it's I like i i don't know if we're gonna keep doing it like that in the next season or if we're gonna just change things up or whatever yeah. you know um, or even have a theme. Sometimes we don't have themes, so. Um, but uh, uh, Joe is next to pick uh, his his movie. So I have no idea. Do you have an idea of what you want, Joe? Oh yeah, yeah. I I I think I mentioned it to you in the past, and I haven't changed on it. So so yeah. Do you want to do you want to mention it here, or do you want to wait? 
um, uh, unless there's a reason why we don't need to do this one. But um, I was thinking of doing Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. Right. Okay. Keep with the, uh, yeah. yeah, keep with the also Steven Spielberg thing. So yeah. cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, you know, well you, well, you know, you know me with Spielberg. And then, I mean, just, yeah, that everybody, everything about that movie, but we'll, we'll talk about that separately. Yeah. And actually, that almost feels like it's almost like a somewhat of a circle because I started mm -hmm. with Goonies. Well, in this, this part, you know, I started with Goonies. Mm -hmm. Then Alfred did uh, Running Scared, both having Joe Pants. And then, mm -hmm. and right. then you are doing uh, was it uh, Gremlins, Gremlins, which circles back to Goonies, yeah, and that is produced by Steven Spielberg, you know. So yeah. there you go, yeah. Um, and both both have is I want to say Corey Feldman was in Gremlins, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Goonies and Gremlins. God, there I go. I'm, I miss Corey Feldman being. Like, you know, the Corey Feldman he was in the uh, 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, I just read something, and uh, this shocked me. He almost got fired from the set of The Lost Boys. Did you guys know that? No. Mm -mm. He came to set high on Coke and some Whoa. other stuff. And he, I knew I knew I knew he came on the set of something up came up on the set of something and he was high on something. But yeah, I didn't Lost, know it was Lost Boys. Boy. Yeah, and uh, Joel Schumacher almost fired him, but his uh, agent called and calmed you know him down, promised he wouldn't you know that wouldn't happen again, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I guess it didn't because he you know he stayed on. But uh, I believe that like uh, that's when like his uh, that it said that's when his. Um, manager became his father instead of his mother apparently his mother <laughs> wasn't doing a great job watching him and making sure he you know wasn't high on on stuff and and everything, everything. for the set but uh anyway i just heard that today and i was like hmm, that's interesting i like i like Corey feldman i think he's uh a treasure and yeah, yeah. i wanted i would work with him in a second if i had something for him and I had money you know, yeah. money, money yeah. is the money. most important part, right? Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure he would uh, do work work if he if he was um, offered Paid. something. Yeah, pay offer that, something that, good that had, that had yeah that had some some credibility and you know some backing behind it and stuff like that. I'm exactly, sure you know. But I uh, and I'm I miss him doing the the Steven Spielberg stuff. Maybe one day he will. Maybe they'll bring that back. You know. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. So thank you, Alfred, for this. Um, uh, I can't wait to see what your next one's gonna be next uh, later this fall. Um, we won't have any kind of theme except for still '80s, you know, theme. So, um, but anyway, well, he, uh, he, he 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 can go from Excalibur to Running Scared. It's like there's a pretty. <laughs> That's true. I, 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 was Excalibur. I, I, I think that this is probably a unique thing that nobody's probably ever put those two in the same stratosphere, yeah, other than yeah. the 80s or something like that. But but it, and it, it got linked together in Alfred's mind to be brought up into here. Well, I mean, he wanted to do an 80s perfect. movie that he loved, and he loved Excalibur, and he loves, you know, running you scared. Go. So I'm anxious to see what he comes up with on the next one. I'm I'm excited to rewatch Gremlins. I love that movie. So. Wolfie's our um, guys. What? 
It won't be Zardoz. Zardoz? <laughs> How about Xanadu? Wasn't that in the 80s? That was a good one. I'd do Xanadu with Zardoz. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, Jonathan? No, I haven't seen either. Yeah. Look up Zardoz on the It's like it's like a trippy Crazy. movie. Yeah. Zardoz? Yeah, with Sean Connery. Oh, it's actually 70s, 1970. Oh, well, I wouldn't be doing that one anyway. Okay, cool. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing that anyway. Sean Connery, John Borman. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Deliverance. Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur. Excalibur. <laughs> Deliverance. Weird. All right. Uh, well, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, tune in next month where we'll be having Joe's episode, and uh, and we're going to be talking Gremlins. So we're really, really cool. excited about that. It, it'll be fun to explore that again. You know. Um, so until then, everybody, bye. Bye. You're listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast.